We are almost at the end of our um, series. This is the part where you all go, oh no. <laughs> but we're not finished with the word of God because it continues <laughs> and it keeps going. So it's okay. C.S. Lewis once described his feelings when he um, read the Sermon on the Mount as being knocked flat on his face by a sledgehammer. And I have felt that way as we've gone through this Mountaintop Wisdom series. I have felt crushed, I have felt cut, I have felt, oh Jesus, just over and over again, your word is so powerful and it pierces and it divides. Hebrews 4 verse 12 says, For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. And so, Father, as we read your word this morning, we pray that it would penetrate our hearts, that it would divide soul and spirit, joint and marrow, that it would judge the thoughts and attitudes of our heart, Lord God, and that nothing would be hidden from you in this moment because, Lord, you reveal to restore. You reveal so that you can heal us. And your word heals us. And so, Jesus, I pray that every single heart right now would be open to what you want to do inside us, oh God. I pray that we would not resist you when you come. That we would be okay with being uncomfortable when you are shaping and refining us, Lord God. That, Lord, when we feel that prod and conviction of the Holy Spirit, that we would not run away, but we would yield even more to allow you to do a full, deep work in our hearts because that is what your word does. Oh God, so Father, I release your grace to receive, your grace to be honed, and that we would not leave here the same way we came in. We would not leave our screens the same way we tuned in if we're online. But change us, Lord, as we behold you in your word, we become more and more like you. That we are to look and sound and feel more and more like you. Amen. And Lord Jesus, I pray that our eyes would be fixed on you, Jesus, today. Lord, that we wouldn't care what it looks like to the people around us, that we just let you do what you want to do. I pray that you would tear down our walls of pretense, and looking like we've got it all together, because we really don't. I'm so aware of that, Jesus. But that's why you sent Jesus, and that's why you sent your word. 
So help us to be vulnerable. Help us to receive what you have to say to us, what you want to say to us in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 He's so gracious. He's so kind. He's like a delicate um, gardener who knows exactly what to pluck up at what time when we yield ourselves to him. So you know there's safety in his arms. There's safety with him because he knows your heart better than you know yourself. Oh God, he's so gracious. He's so gracious. Thank you for your grace, Jesus. He's so gracious. So we're going to read Matthew chapter 7. And Matthew chapter 7 in your Bibles, it might look like there may or may be about three headings, but actually there's about five different things that Jesus is saying that don't clearly sort of link together. And so it's almost a, like a collection of sayings, and there's so much in them. We're going to read it all and then focus on one of those things. And so from Judges, Judges, no, that's the title, Judging Others. <laughs> Matthew chapter 7, and as we read, we're going to read slowly and just allow the word of God to do his work in our hearts, okay? Do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there is a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the plank out of your own eye and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. Ask, and it will give, be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For whoever asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, we'll give him a snake. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and prophets. Enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. 
and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life and only a few find it. Amen. Amen. If at any point the Lord has highlighted something to you and begins to do something in your heart, I want to just encourage you to just sit there with him and allow him to keep doing what he's doing. But we're going to focus um, on verses 7 to 11. And you know, when we read scripture, when the Holy Spirit um, highlights the word of God to us, one thing that the, the word of God does is that it is truth. It is not a truth. It is the truth. And so it reveals in us what is not truth. And so as we read, it highlights the lies that we believe. And, and sometimes, if, if we're really honest as Christians, we know the right things to say. We know the right things to do because God is good, he's amazing, he's wonderful. And sometimes we can say these things because we know they're true, yet we don't really believe that they're true. And when we're faced and confronted with the word of God, actually it, it highlights the areas where our beliefs don't quite match up to the truth of who he is and what he's saying. And that's why it's really important to just yield and, and let him reveal those things. Otherwise, we become hypocrites to ourselves. So a lot of what Jesus is saying is don't put on this like, you know, mask and pretend. And, and it's easy sometimes to think about pretending to other people, but sometimes we can pretend to ourselves. And we're living in deception because we've not actually allowed the word of God to do the work that it, he needs to do in our hearts. And so there's three truths that I want to highlight from this passage that I believe God wants us to step into, to really grab a hold of, and to allow our hearts to be healed. Because many times when we believe lies, it's not because we've woken up in the morning and decided to believe a lie. Circumstances, experiences, all these things can come and sow seeds of doubt, pain, disappointment, all of these sins can become weeds and, and, and in our hearts and choke the truth of the word of God. But he's a good gardener and he wants to come and take them out and uproot them so that the truth of the word can flourish in our lives and in our hearts. And so Jesus is talking about prayer. And why should we pray? Because, you know, the, we know the what. Yeah, I know I should pray. But actually knowing the why informs the what and sustains the what that we're doing. And actually many times um, our hindrance to praying is because we don't fully understand what it is or what it means. And so therefore we end up trying to work something up in our own strength because I know I should do this. But there's a disconnect because, I'm, again, there's something in my heart that's not quite connecting. And the truth is, first and foremost, that God responds to our prayers. That's the truth. God is sovereign. He is. But he has ordained it in such a way that when we pray, it touches him. When we pray, it affects him and he moves into action. 
And so the lie of the enemy would say, well, it doesn't matter if you pray or not because God is sovereign. He's just going to do what he wants to do. God is sovereign, but however, he would not tell us to pray, to ask, to knock and seek if he was not going to be moved by what we ask him to do or how we seek him. And so sometimes we believe the lie and therefore we don't pray because, well, there's no point. God isn't going to listen to little old me. But James chapter 5 and verse 16 to 18 says this. Therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. That's you. Because you've been made righteous by the blood of Jesus. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Elijah was a human being, even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain. And it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again, he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crop. I love how James says, Elijah was a human being just like us. He wasn't superhuman. He didn't have like this special thing about him. He didn't have like, I don't know, he wasn't like a, a, a superhero. He was human, just like me and you. Because sometimes we can do that. Or oh, that person is just on another level and they're over there so they get to do this stuff. But here's me, I'm not, I'm not like that. But he was human just as we are. He prayed earnestly, the heavens closed up. He prayed earnestly and the heavens opened again. Your prayers do something. It is a lie of the enemy that your prayers don't do anything. That's a lie. We have to recognize it for a lie. So every time you hear that's a lie, I just want you in your own heart to, however you've played the tape in your mind, because everyone will say it slightly differently. You know how you say it in your mind. I just want you to, before the Lord, say, I reject the lie that, A, B, C, D. So I read just all throughout this morning, I reject that whenever something comes up, and do this in your everyday life because it's powerful, I reject the lie that my prayers just bounce off the ceiling and come back. But you hear me, and just like Elijah prayed, I can pray and things happen. I reject that lie, so I re- and then in place of that, I receive the truth. I receive the truth. That if I keep asking, if I keep seeking, if I keep knocking, if I seek you with all my heart, I will find you. That's the truth. We have to get into a practice of renewing our mind and not allowing the enemy to, 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 to sow seeds of lies that grow and overtake the truth of, of God's word in us. And so reject the lie. God hears your prayers. Your prayers do something. And so when it's um, like the Archbishop William Temple said, when I pray, coincidences happen. When I stop praying, coincidences stop happening. So rather than trying to force ourselves to work ourselves up to something, let's dwell in the truth that when I pray, things shift. Amazing things happen. And let's allow that to draw us into a place of prayer. The second thing, the second truth is that God is good. How much more, if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, will I not give you good gifts? James chapter 1 and verse 17 says, every good and perfect gift is from above, 
coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. Jesus knows that not every prayer is answered the way we expect it to be. We don't, even Jesus knew that, because Jesus said, Lord, if it's your will, take this cup away from me. I don't want to face this, but nevertheless, let your will be done. And he ended up having to face it. Jesus isn't saying, he's not naive to the fact that actually things don't always go the way we expected them to. And in this passage, he doesn't give us a reason why. There are other places in scripture we can draw on and we can piece together why maybe in our limited understanding prayers may or may not be answered the way we expect. But in this scripture, Jesus grounds our reason to ask, our reason to pray, our reason to seek in the fact that God is good. That is who he is. And what happens is when the disappointment comes, when prayer isn't answered, it's okay to feel that. It's okay to say, God, why? It's okay to say this wasn't what I expected. But what is not okay is to allow that to then become the lie that God is not good. That's when the problem is. Because when I start to believe that he's not good, I don't go to him. I won't because I'm not expecting anything more. And it's like, well, you know, what's the point? But the truth is, he is good. Hebrews 11 verse 6 says, without faith it's impossible to please God because we must first believe that he is or he exists and he rewards those who diligently seek him. I must first come to him believing that he is who he says he is. First and foremost, and that doesn't change. And sometimes, when, if I'm really honest, when stuff doesn't happen, I can focus on that one thing that didn't happen and forget all the answered prayers and all the wonderful miracles and all the glorious things that he, he has done. And I begin to view him in light of this tiny thing. And I'm not belittling things because... People have lost loved ones. We've lost loved ones. Things happen because we live in a fallen world. But actually, I have to make the choice to view him through the lens of who he says he is and allow that to ignite my expectation and not reduce him to my experiences so far. Because the truth is that God is good. And that's not an intellectual thing. Like, it, intellectually, it's, it's not that easy to grasp. But the Lord reveals that to us and, and, and implants the truth of his word in our hearts. So even when it doesn't make sense, my soul can still bless him. My soul will still say he is good, even when it doesn't make sense. And when I hold on to that, I will keep praying. I will keep seeking, I will keep asking, I will keep knocking. Because the truth is, God is good. And, and we're going to pray today when we respond, because I believe God wants to heal hearts that have been so wounded by disappointment. Because it's a real thing we face. But he doesn't want us to stay there, because there's so much more that he wants to do and will do. We pray because he responds. We pray because he's good. 
And we pray because he is our father. He's relational. It's in the context of, of this father-son-daughter relationship that he draws us into a place of communion with him. Revelation 3.20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Whoever opens up, I will come in and I will eat with him and he with me. The very fact that we can pray and be in God's presence is because he invites us first. It's because he's the one who comes running to us with his arms wide open and says, I want to spend time with you. And sometimes the lie we believe is God does not want to spend time with me. God doesn't have time for me. Uh, who am I to, you know, even be in his presence? What does he think of me? And, and, and like was said earlier on, maybe it's sin, maybe the things holding you back. And why would God want to be with me? Maybe because prayer has become dutiful or it's works, it's just something I have to do. But actually it's in the context of I'm your father, I love you, I want to hear what you have to say. I want to spend time with you. And so where we've believed that God doesn't have time for me, he doesn't want to hear what I have to say, maybe he's, he's not impressed by the words that I say, it's a lie. It's a lie. And the truth is that he's knocking at the door, that he's inviting you in. He wants to hear what you have to say. He wants to know you intimately. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Father, we just surrender to you again. For any one of these areas, Lord God, where we've believed a lie, where we've lived in that place, Lord, we ask that your Holy Spirit would come and just implant truth right now in Jesus' name. Because you were created for his presence. You were made in his image to be like him and commune with him. That's how he has made you. It doesn't matter if how we pray looks like what the next person does or not. It's not about that. It's about us coming to him and him being with us. Because that's what we were made for. That's the place we were made to exist. Walking in step with him each and every single day of our lives. Not living in fear because we don't know who we are and whose we are. But living with him and in him and through him. Listening to his every word. Because he responds. He's good. And he's our father. Do you guys want to come back up? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, God.
Thank you, Jesus. word tells us that the lions may suffer hunger and want but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing Jesus life gets hard it's really hard when we don't see what we were hoping for but you know this you already know this in Hebrews chapter 4 in verse 14 it says therefore since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven Jesus the son of God let us hold firmly to the faith we profess for we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses but we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are yet he did not sin let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Thank you, Lord, that you have more than enough grace and more than enough mercy for wherever it is that we are at. And I thank you that you want to heal us and keep healing us so that we can continue to step into all that you have for us as your people, so that we can walk in life and life abundantly, O oh God. Stand to our feet, if you're able to. If God is doing something, just stay where you are. Don't feel free to, but if you're able to, let's stand to our feet. And we're gonna sing in response, but I really do believe God wants to heal hearts today. I really do. So if you know that in any of those areas, you would love someone to just stand with you and, and just have just have God really rip them out. Just rip out those lies. I'd love you to come forward and we'd love to stand. Someone will stand and pray with you at any point in time. If there's hurt, if there's disappointment, if you're at a point in your prayer life where even just you know that, oh God, I, I believe there's more and I want to step into more and I want you to come down and, and someone will pray for you. I know for myself there's more. I know where disappointment sets in. And I'm like, Lord, I just don't ever want to have anything hinder the more that you have for me it doesn't matter how long and how many how many times I've seen you move or been disappointed I want more and Lord where there's disappointment that I'm not even aware there's disappointment or I've been holding back would you reveal it to me Lord Jesus oh God this is what we were made for this is what we were made for. 
Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.